We're going to ask you to make your way to your seat so we can go ahead and get started. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the second chapter of Luke and join with Abigail as she reads 8 through 20. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be there for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on the earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Here we are just a few days away from Christmas. We're going to celebrate the birth of our Savior. And uh, on that Christmas Eve night, we'll light the center candle on the Advent um, wreath. Almost said, almost said unity candle. The Advent candle that will um, signify the birth of Jesus. The verse today that we come from, or that we read from in Luke chapter 2, is a popular verse that many people know and have read before, have heard read, and it's an amazing, it's an amazing call that happened to the shepherds. You know, for the past few weeks, we've been looking at the call that came to Zechariah and how he uh, had no voice because he didn't believe the angel, and, and, but he and his wife Elizabeth gave birth to John the Baptist. And then we find the call coming to Mary and how Mary uh, was so overwhelmed with the, the, the verse and, and the saying that the angel came to her, calling her beloved among all women. And then we find Joseph, who had everything that was coming for him. He had everything in his mind of how this was going to go, how he was going to get married, and, and how it was going to be a wonderful day and a wonderful event. And all of a sudden, his wife shows up and says, hey, guess what? I'm pregnant, and it's not your kid. <laughs> and how the difficulty of all of that happened. And now we come to the call that comes to the shepherds. Each one of the calls that we have spoken about in the last few weeks had a special lesson to teach to us and a unique lesson that each one of them taught. Each one of them has brought to us an idea of what it's like to follow God when God calls to you and and what that means. And whether it's a call that comes to us and we don't believe that call like Zechariah or it's a call that comes to us that changes everything in our life like what Joseph got. All of these are calls that we receive that God is speaking to these people and speaking to us today. Each one of these calls that we have spoken about in the past came to an individual person. 
whether it was Zechariah, Mary, or Joseph, they were individuals that received a call. They were specific, uh, specifically called out by God to, to handle a, a task or handle a responsibility that was given to him. Today's call from the shepherds comes to not just one person, but it comes to a group of people, the shepherds. The shepherds, you have to know a little bit about them before we can understand this call and why it's so special to them and why it's such an, a special place in Scripture. The shepherds are normal people. They're not rich. They don't own much. In fact, everything that they own is in the field. Everything that they own. Their sheep are what they own. They follow their sheep around. They keep track of them. They're with them. They're working. You think that Chaz works a lot of hours. The shepherds works a lot of hours, let me tell you. Because they're with their sheep every single day. For them to leave their sheep alone means that they're leaving their wealth and they're leaving everything that they own out into a field in someone else's care or in the care of someone or something else. And so they're very careful about what they do with their sheep. They're the working class. They would be called the blue collar today. It's the ones that today, if you're here today and you wake up every morning and you go to a job, whether it's in, a, in an office building or in a factory and you clock in and you clock out, that's the working class, right? There are many great country songs talking about the working class. I won't sing any of them for you today because that would be embarrassing for me, not for you, but for me. Uh, but... The working class is, is, is an interesting thing. But see, those people that Jesus, or that the angel came to before, the shepherds, were people that were, had a special calling in life. Zechariah was a priest. Mary was of the priestly line. Joseph was a, well, um, uh, uh, a, a um, good Jewish man who came from good roots also. And so we find today the call to the shepherds being so different than the other calls because Jesus sent his angels down to speak to the people of the world. These were the average people. They would be like you and I. But could you imagine, just for a moment, if you went into work, not, not thinking about anything, you know, you work, I, I could just imagine Corey going in right to the docks and he's sitting on the docks and all of a sudden a host of angels appear over the docks at FedEx and start singing to Corey. Some say that Corey sings like a flock of angels anyway uh, over, his, over his, uh, his work, but that's a different story, but we won't go there. He can tell you the story later. But, uh, <laughs> but could you imagine sitting in your job and hearing these angels begin to sing to you? They were typical people doing their typical job that they do every single day. And the question that has to be asked to us today is are we ready to hear the call that comes from him? Are you ready to hear it no matter what time it comes? Are you ready to hear it no matter where you're at? Are you ready to answer that call when he comes to you and says, I have a message for you? See, the one that comes to us is called Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, Savior. There are many names that we could give to him, but he longs to be with his people. Jesus came to this earth because not only did he want to save us and become our Savior, but he wanted to have a life with us, where he's with us. If you understand Jewish old history, Jewish temple history at all, you have to understand that very few people went into the temple. Very few people got to interact with the Spirit of God, if you will. Usually it was just the priests. Anyone else could have issues. And we've talked about over the past few weeks about what those issues are when you walk into the temple and you're of a sinful nature. Very few people had an interaction with that. Until Jesus died on the cross and the veil is torn, 
only priests were allowed to interact and the ones that Jesus or that God the Father came down and called specifically from burning bushes and, and other places that he spoke to them would have an interaction with God. Jesus longs to be with his people. That's why his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us, is so important because he longs to be with us. He longs to be here. He longs to be our Savior. So he comes and he makes a call not only to uh, Zachariah, not only to Joseph, not only to Mary, but he makes a call to the normal people of the world, the shepherds, someone who could be like you and I, just doing their job. Let's pray and then we'll continue on. Father, we thank you for this day. We glorify you, Father and all that you are, and all that you say, and all that you do for us. Lord, we glorify you today because you came not only for the priestly line of David, you didn't come just for Joseph and Mary, you didn't come just for Zechariah or those, but you came for every single person on this earth. And that's what the shepherds represent today, that you came for the everyday person, like all of us in this room. So Lord, we thank you for that, and we lift you high and mighty for that, Father. And we ask you today, as we read this story of the shepherds, that you would open up in our minds and in our hearts the story that you would want to speak to us, the, the, the things that you want to reveal to us. May you open our eyes, may you open our ears, may you remove any hindrances or thoughts or, or concerns from our minds that keep us from hearing from you. May we truly hear your voice speak to us today, Father. May we know that it is you calling us to a relationship with you, Father. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you will do in our lives. We thank you for Christmas and thank you for being our Savior. We love you, Lord. We ask you to come now. Inhabit our praises, inhabit our words. Let my words not be my own, but let them be yours, Father, so that we can hear what you would say to us today. We would be sure to give you all glory, honor, and praise because you deserve it and so much more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Could you imagine the very first thing that the shepherds heard? Verse 8 says, Now in the same country shepherds were living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. Now I have to tell you, shepherds did not really talk to each other very much. They talk to their sheep. You think I'm weird for talking to my dogs or my chickens? The shepherds talk to their sheep all the time. That's who their main conversation was with. They would call them. The sheep knew their voice, and that's why it's so awesome that later on Jesus says, the sheep will know my voice because I am the shepherd. But the sheep knew the shepherd's voice. They knew what it sounded like. They knew what it sounded, but it was quiet. I can just imagine that call from the angels. When the angels come down, it's probably on a hillside somewhere in the middle of of uh, outside of uh, Nazareth, or outside of Bethlehem, I should say. And the hillside is quiet. There's not a lot of sound going on. There's not a lot of light pollution. So if it was at night, you could imagine the stars would be shining all around them, and they were seeing the Milky Way and all of these wonderful stars and, and this story that's going on, and it's just a wonderful thing that they would see. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Now, I don't know about you, but if I go into my job every single day, and I'm standing there doing my job, I'm doing what I always do, and all of a sudden an angel of the Lord appears to me, and he's shown, and he shines very brightly, right? And he's shining, and he's illuminating everything around me. I might be afraid to. 
I don't know about you, and maybe you're braver than I am, but if that appeared in my room as I'm sitting there or in, in wherever my office would be or wherever you would be working, and that angel appeared, I might be just a little afraid too and wondering what this was. The very first thing that we learn, though, from the shepherds is that they are doing what they always did. They were working. I love the image of this. I love the image that God calls not only to the people that have a special role to play like Mary and Joseph, but he calls to the people who are the working class too, the people that are just going out and getting things done. I like people who go out and get things done. That's just how I am. That's the type of person I am. We grew up in a working class society and a, a working class family. We always did things. I, I, my wife and I were talking about this just the other day as we drove by this corner lot on, um, in Ravenna. We drove by this corner lot. And as a child, I remember going to that lot every single day and cutting down trees because our parents, with my uncle and my cousin, by the way, we didn't have any money. We didn't have, they didn't have jobs. They were laid off. And so we went and cut down trees, cut up the wood and sold it. It was just the way our family was. Excuse me. And to think that God would call even a single person that doesn't have a special place is so encouraging to me. Because see, some people sit back and they say, oh, the pastor will hear from God. No, you can hear from God. You don't need the pastor to hear from God. You have a personal relationship with God. The reason why the coming birth of Jesus Christ is so important is because it destroyed the temple, tore the veil in two, and made the Spirit of God available for all of us to have a personal relationship with him. The working class is being called by Jesus, by called by the angel, I say, by God the Father. But I also love the angel's response to this. They were terrified. But you never read in Scripture where the angels go, sorry, I can't talk to you right now, angel. I have shepherd. I have sheep to watch. My sheep are on the field, so sorry, you're going to have to wait. It's just not a good time right now. Things are stressful. I have, a, I have a, a lamb that's about ready to give birth, so I'm sorry I don't have time to talk to you. You're going to have to come back next week. Come back at lunchtime. It'll be a good time to talk to you. You don't hear the shepherds going and saying, I, I, I just don't have time for this. I'm too tired. I, I, oh, I'm really, this is so boring. I wish that he wouldn't talk to me now. You never hear the angels, uh, you never hear the shepherds making excuses that they don't have time. See, they made themselves available in the midst of what they were doing every single day on their job. Too many Christians, let me tie this into today for a moment for you. Too many people expect to hear from God only in the place in they, that they feel most comfortable in. They want to say, it's okay to hear from God at church. It's okay to hear from God if I'm on my knees in prayer it's okay to hear from God if I'm worshiping and I'm singing this wonderful song on the radio, but don't ask God to interrupt me on my job. Don't ask God to interrupt me when I'm doing something or in the middle of a conversation. What I find interesting a lot, a lot is when I'm having conversations with people, I can see God moving in these conversations. Whether you know it or not, you, 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 you speak God's message to me a lot more than what you ever would even imagine conversations that I have with you, not necessarily games we play on Christmas uh, parties at church. If you weren't there, sorry, you missed a really fun game, but it was, and <laughs> there were some things that came out that, that were embarrassing, but we'll leave it at that. Um, but conversations that we have, God speaks in every single day conversations that we have with people. 
God speaks in people that drive you absolutely nuts. You ever had someone in your job that just drives you absolutely nuts and you walk, as they begin to walk in your office or walk down the hallway, you're like, oh great, here they come again. I got to put up with this person. I don't want to talk to this person. I don't want to have these conversations. And then they come in and they start having this conversation. In the middle of that conversation, you hear something that they say that so is mo- that just moves you. See, the problem of it is most of the time we miss those moving conversations because we're too ir- irritated with having to talk with a person we don't want to talk with. And so we're just like, I don't want to talk with that person. The problem is, is that we're not prepared to hear from God in every single day operation of our life. We are prepared to hear from God when the time is right for us. When God doesn't interrupt my life, when God doesn't make me stop in the middle of something really important, then I'm okay to hear from God. But what if God wants to interrupt your day? What if God wants to say, take a pause to this really busy schedule that you have because this person that's about ready to walk into your office could be a messenger sent from God to share a message with you and you just have to pause and listen to it. Too often, we miss the call of God on our lives because we limit the voice of God to speak to us only at church or in a place that we think is the right place. We dictate to God and say, it's okay for you to speak in this area. We put up this box and we keep God inside that box and we say, it's okay for you to speak during this time. It's okay for you to speak during this moment in this time of my life, but don't speak outside of that box. And then in the midst of our conversations with God, in the midst of our prayer life, we go, God, why are you not speaking to me? And God, I think sometimes just shakes his head and goes, I, I can't imagine God using emojis, but could you imagine if he just goes, SMH, shake my head, all right? You could see God just sending us a text, shake my head. I've been talking to you. I've been trying to. I sent Joe to your office. I know you don't like him, but I sent him to your office to tell you something that was so important. I sent Susie to your office to tell not this Susie, different Susie. But I sent Susie, I don't know any Susies other than her, so I guess it could be her. But I sent Susie to you to tell you something, and you missed it. See, we limit the voice of God. We have to be prepared to hear from God. My question for you today is, are you ready to receive the call? Are you ready to hear what God has to say to you? You can't ask the Lord to speak to you in your prayer life and then shut him out all the rest of the week. You can't ask God to move in your life in this problem that you're having, but not want to spend time with him any other time outside of the problem that you have. We don't get to choose when the Lord speaks to us. The shepherds didn't get to choose and say, it's, it's okay, God, it's the right time. Come, send your angel, speak to me now. We don't get to choose that. Now we do, and oftentimes we put out God's voice now, and, and we miss what God wants to say to us because we are pushing him out. Verse 10 says, The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with a great, I'm sorry, and suddenly there was an angel was with the angel, I can't talk today, and read, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. I love what the angel says to them. The angel comes to them and says, do not be afraid. Okay, thanks. 
I am afraid, but that's okay. I'll try not to be afraid because you just said don't be afraid, right? It's interesting, though, if you read the scripture and you read everything that uh, every time the angel comes to one of the stories in Christmas, uh, during the Christmas Advent season, we find that the very, one of the very first things they say is do not be afraid. Whether it was to Zechariah, whether it was to Mary, whether it was to Joseph, whether it was to the shepherds, he always says do not be afraid. Now, I could preach on just that alone because I could say we should have a healthy fear of the Lord, right? Too many of us don't have a healthy fear of the Lord and so we're not afraid of the Lord. We're, we're in fact, we're numb to anything that he says or does. But it's interesting that we, we find in these scriptures, it says all of these shepherds, all of the people of the Advent season hear first from the angel, do not be afraid. But I love also what the angel says. The angel says to the shepherds, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Or behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. The shepherds have to be wondering. See, the shepherds were not ones that would typically get a message from God. If you were going to receive a message from God during those times, it generally was someone who was in the temple, that's where, or a prophet like Isaiah or Elisha or Elijah, one of those would receive the message from God. The shepherds would be the least of, wo- of those, especially in society, but also during this time, that would receive a message from God. And so when the angel appears to the shepherds, they have to be asking, it's either the end of the world and we're all dying or something, something amazing is going on. Right? And the angel says, do not be afraid. And so we have to understand, okay, if the end of the world's not, if, okay, so the end of the world's not coming because he just said, do not be afraid. So I'm okay. So they begin to think about this, but the angel then says, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. The angels say this very phrase to all people because they have to understand that this message that's coming from the angels to the shepherds is not just for the shepherds to go and take to someone else to be a, to be a communicator, if you will, of a message. I'm going to give a message to someone else. No, this angel comes to them and says, this is for all people, which means it is for you. It's for them. And so they're, they're, they're overwhelmed with this feeling. My goodness, it's for me? This message is for me too? See, the most wonderful thing about the call of Christmas, the wonderful thing about the call of our our Savior who died for us is that it is for every single person. The call comes not just for the shepherds. The call comes not just for Mary. The call comes not just for Joseph or Zechariah. It comes for all of us. Every single person is uh, has an opportunity to receive the call. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a CEO of a company or whether you work on the docks at FedEx. The call is for you. It doesn't matter if you have all your stuff in a row, whatever that means today, right? If you have all your ducks in order, as my uh, father used to say. We never had ducks, so I don't know, understand why he said that. But he, it, it's a famous saying, right? But I, whether you have everything together or everything in your life has fallen apart. Whether you are doing fantastic or you're a drunk in an alley somewhere, it doesn't matter. Whether your life is going wonderful and your family is healthy and all your kids are healthy and everything's going great and and you're moving along in the right path, that's great. God came for you. If you're going down the wrong path and and life seems to be crushing around you and everything's being fallen apart, the wonderful thing about this call of Christmas, the wonderful thing about Jesus Christ is that he came for even you. And some could even say especially for you. It doesn't matter where we are in life. It doesn't matter our station doesn't matter our economics. doesn't matter our position in life. He came for you. That's what the most wonderful thing about Jesus, 
or the angels coming to prepare the shepherds and to tell the shepherds what had happened. It's this wonderful thing. You, if you don't understand Jewish history, it's really hard to grasp a hold of this. But the shepherds were not the people that the angel would speak to. And so just the sheer fact that the angel came to the shepherds means that he came for everyone. There was no stations in life about this message, and that's the most wonderful thing, because what has happened for hundreds of years since the last time that God the Father spoke to his people is that religion started to become something that was only for the wealthy. It was only for the people that held a special position. It was only for those that were special, were Roman governors or whatever they might have been. It had a special lot in life, and if you didn't own that lot, you couldn't have this relationship with God. So the angels appearing to the shepherds broke that whole entire mold. They cast it out completely and said, This message is for you. It's for all of us in this room. The message, the call of Jesus is for everyone, young or old, rich or poor. It doesn't matter the station of life you are in. It only matters that you receive the call. Verse 15 says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and babe and the babe laying in, in the babe, yeah, uh, and the and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child, and all those who heard it marvelled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen as it was told to them. I want to ask you a question. If you're here today and you've ever received a call from God, a relationship has been started, you have had this inkling, this feeling in your heart that you had to have a relationship. There's something more to this something more than what was going on. You needed to seek him more. You needed to find out. Maybe Christmas time is special to you and you don't understand why. Sure, the gifts are nice. Sure, that family time is wonderful. But there's something more about Christmas than just coming together and getting gifts. And you may not have ever truly grasped the hold and understood that. And maybe you question to yourself what that is all about. What that is all about is that God wants to have a relationship with you. And what we do with this relationship matters. The call the shepherds received was an amazing call. And after that great concert that they received from the angels, could you imagine being there for that concert? That's better than any band that Steve has ever seen in his life. <laughs> and he's seen a lot, let me tell you. Have a conversation with Steve. You'll hear all the, all the bands he's heard. Better than any concert he has ever heard. And the, the angels receive the, the angels sing this wonderful concert to the shepherds, and the shepherds are totally amazed. And then all of a sudden, in a blink of an eye, the angel and the, all the angels in the concert and music stops. And you could just hear, you know what? Have you ever been to a really good concert where the sound is so loud and, and it's just ringing in your ears? And then all of a sudden, it stops and the music stops. There's no sound. And that ring is just there in your ears. Now, maybe it's because I've been listening to music too loud, but that's a different story, right? But there's that ring that happens, and you're still in that euphoric feeling of, wow, that was a great concert. That was, that was amazing. Ever heard a really great choir sing a song that's just so amazing? And, and it, the, 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 the last note that they sing just resonates out. 
You like that? I, I win points with my music teacher because I just, or with my music teacher wife because I said resonate, right? So, but it, it just flutters in the air and you hear that sound. Could you imagine what the shepherds are feeling after the angels finish their concert and again, immediately it's gone. The bright lights of the angels are gone. The, the, the voice, the, the singing is now gone and it's nothing there. And so what do you do? What do they do? Do they sit there and do they go, can you believe what just happened? Do they spend hours talking with each other? Do they, do they spend this time having this communication with each other going, did this really happen? Did this, did this just really happen? Did, is this something, did I eat some bad you know, grass or did, did I drink something that wasn't so good? Did I, uh, grass as in grass to the lamb to reading. Don't take it in a different direction now, guys, all right? Please behave yourself. Yeah. <laughs> could, could you just imagine that though? They didn't do any of that. Scripture says to us very clearly what they did after all this was done. So it was when the angels had gone away from heaven that the shepherds said to one, of, to one another, let us go, let us go tomorrow. Doesn't say that. Let us go next week. Doesn't say that. Let us go next month. Let us go when our shift is over and, and we don't have to leave the sheep alone. Let us go when, when you know, when, I don't know, when, when the timing is right. You know, I don't really have, I don't have a drink. I don't have my Yeti that I can take with me. You know, I'm out of water. I can't go see Jesus right now because I'm on my job and I can't do that, right? I can't do that. Oh, I have to stop and get gas in the car before I can go do anything. No, the angels didn't say any of that. They're the angels, the shepherds didn't say any of that. Immediately, after the angels had gone, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And not only did they go now, not only did Scripture tell us that they went now, but then the Scripture uses another verse or another word of the next verse. It says, and they came with haste. That phrase, they came with haste, means that they did not waste time. They did not let anything stop them. They did not think about their livelihood, which was in the field. Do you understand? A shepherd's whole entire life is wrapped around the sheep that are in the field. And so for them to leave their sheep means that they're leaving their jobs. They're leaving their wealth. They're leaving their bank accounts. They're leaving everything they owned out in the field to run and see this thing that has happened. They didn't care about it. They left everything behind. They didn't care about their troubles. They didn't care about their bank account. They didn't care about the people around them. They didn't care about everything. They left everything they had in that field to go see this thing. They didn't wait. They ran to Jesus. They ran to him as quickly as possible. See, we should learn a lesson from the shepherds. How many excuses do we come up with to saying, oh, I can do this next week? I'll do this. Someone else will talk to them about needing a relationship with Jesus. Someone else will, someone else will bless my neighbor. Someone else will, will help that person in need. Someone else will do this. Someone else will do that. We have all these excuses, so many excuses for doing things in our life. Instead of just saying, I know what, done with the excuses. God has called me to this. I am running now without haste to go and be with Jesus. How many times in your life have you questioned the call of God on your life? How many times in your life have you allowed other things in your life to 
bubble up inside of you and, and cause you to be delayed in responding to that message? How many times in your life have you allowed other things to take priority in your life instead of what that call from God was on your life to do? We need Christians who are like the shepherds, who aren't afraid to leave everything behind. I, I have to be honest with you. I'm tired of hearing people say uh, their excuses about why they can't do things. I don't want to hear your excuses, even to yourself. I don't need excuses. I just need people who want to follow Jesus, who want to follow him, to do what he wants to do, what he needs to do. We all have excuses. We all can come up with our own excuses. We all can say, but I'm on my job. But you don't understand I have to do this. And you don't understand I don't have to do that. God doesn't want excuses. He wants obedience to him. That's why I think the shepherds are such an important part of the Christmas season. The important part of the Christmas Advent where we celebrate the birth of Christ is because they left everything behind and they couldn't care less about anything they had. The only thing they cared about was the call that God sent to them. And they were going to go and see what happens. They weren't going to waste time. They were going to go and do and see this thing that the angels had spoken to them. Now, I can hear your thoughts already. Some of you aren't verbalizing them very loud, but loud enough that I can read your minds. Yeah, pastor, but you don't understand. They had an angel that appeared before them. I don't have an angel that appeared for them. It's just my mind that tells me. Just that thing I hear. You know what? You have more than an angel appearing to you. You have the Holy Spirit with you, first of all, which is better than any angel ever. You have Scripture filled with things that you should be doing, that God calls us one of the greatest commandments, obviously called the great commandment, that God gives to us is Matthew 28.10. Right? 28. Oh, wait a minute. Did I say that right? 28.10. Yes. Go and make disciples of what? All nations. You don't need an angel to appear in your room because you have every word of a living God. You have the living word of God inside of you, giving you instructions, calling you to a relationship with him. That's your angel. You want an angel shining brightly in you? It's the word of God right here. It's with you. It's for you. It's there to do what you need to do. God is calling you. He's calling you to that relationship. He's calling you to do those things. My question to you is, when that call comes to you, do you go running? Do you go running to the feet of Jesus to see this Savior who has been born for you? Or do you worry about what others may say? I can't go do that. They'll make fun of me. They'll call me names. They'll do all of these things. When God gives you a call, do you put everything behind and say, I need to do this call because he is calling me to a relationship and has given me a job to do? Are you willing to care not about any about are you willing not to care about anything else other than the call that God gives to you? Are you willing to focus on him and the one who saves you? Are you willing to leave behind all your excuses and come running to him? Are you you willing to put behind all the burdens of things that stop you from coming and serving him and running to him to see him? That's what this season, that's what the shepherds did. Not only did they hear this call, not only did they respond immediately to the call, but the shepherds, do you understand the shepherds were the very first evangelists? The shepherds were the very first evangelists. They were the very first ones that heard and saw Jesus. And then what did they do? In verse 18, 
We'll start in verse 17. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at these things which were told, told them by the shepherds. The shepherds were the very first ones to go and see Jesus. They were the ones that ran there, they saw it, and then the very first ones to get up and go and share this message of Christ with others. They shared this with all that they saw. Today, we need Christians who are like the shepherds. Today, we need people who are willing to stand up and say, I'm going to follow after this call with all my heart and all my soul. I'm going to do whatever God calls me to do. But then I'm also not only going to share and go for this calling, I'm going to run without haste, not worried about the burdens, not worried about the loss, not worry about all these things. But then I'm going to share with other people because that's the call that God gives to us. He calls you and I to share the wonderful news of the gospel of Jesus with all around us. I'm going to ask you to stand and ask the worship team to come forward. Too often the troubles of this world stop us from coming to him. Too often we allow our burdens and our thoughts of what we're going to miss out or what we're going to lose out on or what people are going to say about us to stop us from coming to that message, coming to that call that Jesus has for you and I. May I encourage you today, if you heard heard nothing that I've said other than this, may you hear that when Jesus calls to you, he wants you to come running. He doesn't want you to put hindrances or put circumstances or put all these things. He wants you to give yourself completely to him. He wants a relationship with you so deeply that he was willing to leave the comforts of heaven, come down to this earth, die on a cross for you and I, and to give all that he had for you and I. The story of the shepherds tells us that Jesus was worth them leaving everything they owned in the fields to come running for him. My question to you in this moment in time, is he worth enough for you to leave everything that you have behind? Is your Savior, Jesus Christ, who you know not only is being born, was born in a manger, not only grew up and did all the wonderful things he did, but then he also died on a cross for you and I. The shepherds did not know that. The shepherds had no clue that Jesus was going to die on the cross. The shepherds didn't know any of that. But they still weren't running to him. How much more should we run? How much more should we go after as strongly as we can to have that relationship with Jesus? Because we know what he did for us. We know that he died on the cross for you and I. That is my question to you today. Maybe you're here today and you're dealing with some frustrations or some burdens or some things that you have dealt with because that's just kept you away from that relationship. Maybe you've said to yourself, I don't really want to have a a relationship with Jesus until I got all my stuff in order. So I got my life going in the right direction. Can I tell you, that's not worth waiting for? Jesus doesn't want people who have their stuff in order to come before them. He wants people who are totally wrecked because he's going to help you put your stuff back in order. Jesus wants those to come to him that are willing to be obedient, to follow him, and to run after him with all that they have. Maybe you're here today, and in your time, you've never given your life to Jesus because you've always put something else before. Maybe you even think in your mind that, you know, I go to church and so I'm a good person. Well, you know what? That doesn't make you saved. 
Just because you, as, as wonderful as this church is and the people that are in it, it doesn't make you saved by walking in those doors. What makes you saved is when you have a relationship with Jesus, when you come running to him and saying, I'm willing to follow you and to do whatever you want me to do, to answer the call that you have been given to me, that pounding of my heart that I feel inside of me, that it feels like my heart's going to explode from my chest, is you calling to me. And I'm willing to run after you and hear that call and do what you have called me to do. Maybe you're here today and you've allowed things in your life to put a hindrance on your relationship with him. Maybe you're here today and troubles have caused you to not walk the way that you should, not have a close enough relationship with him as what you should. Then may I encourage you today, it's not too late to put all those things aside, to cast those things aside and be like the shepherds and run to him. There's not a better time for us to begin a relationship with Jesus than this season of Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you how wonderful and loving you are. We thank you that during this time of Christmas that you have brought to us an opportunity to have a personal relationship with you. A time that we can run to you as the shepherds did. May we learn from the shepherds today, Lord, that you are worth running to. And that any hindrances that we have put in our life that stopped us from having that personal relationship with you, may we cast those aside this morning. May we cast those aside right now and say, we want to run to you. We don't want to wait. We're not going to allow our job. We're not going to allow finances. We're not going to allow things that we're hanging so tightly onto to keep us from hearing and seeing you. We're going to cast all those things aside, not giving a care to those things because nothing is as important as you and we're going to run to you. Lord, I pray this Christmas season that those that are in this room today that have never received that call, that have never accepted that relationship with Jesus, that today could be that day. If you're here today and you want to make that call, you want to answer that call that Jesus is casting out to you, May you receive it today with every eye closed and every head bowed. If you're here today and you want to receive that call from Jesus, you want to say, yes, I want to have that relationship with you, Jesus. I want to come running to you. May you just lift your hand up in there. God will see that hand. The Lord sees those hands. He will see that hand. He will see your heart and in your heart when you're when you raise that hand, when you accept that and say, I want to have that relationship with him, it's as simply as saying, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Be my savior today. Let me walk with you today. You are my king, you are my savior. And I accept you today into my heart. Confess with my mouth my sins and ask you to forgive me of those things. Be my savior, be my king. Jesus' name we pray. If you're here today and you have accepted Jesus, but things have been hindering you and things have been keeping you back, I want to ask you today to be willing to walk away from everything this world has. doesn't matter if you started your relationship just a few seconds ago or if you've been in a relationship with Jesus for 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 years. It doesn't make a difference. Walk away from those hindrances that keep you away from running to him. And so what I want to just ask you to do in your own words, in your own way, just cast your heart upon him and say, forgive me, Lord, for putting these hindrances in my life. 
for putting these things, these roadblocks of having a personal relationship with you, a greater relationship with you. And like the shepherds, Lord, I want to cast all those things aside because none of those matter. Only my relationship with you that matters. And as we go forth today, Lord, guide us and direct us to be your servants, your hands and feet. (coughs) Father, I pray this upcoming season of Christmas, this time when we will gather as families across the world, may we truly understand what Christmas is all about, the birth of our Savior. And may we who know that not be ashamed to share that with our friends, our family, the people that we gather around tables with. May we be that example that you want us to be. We glorify you, Father. We honor you. We praise you in this most wonderful and precious place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's worship together.